The feeling that I've had personally just to share is it's like it's 1944 and you get a call from Robert Oppenheimer inside this thing called the Manhattan Project. You have no idea what that is. And he says the world is about to change in a fundamental way, except the way it's about to change, it's not being deployed in a safe and responsible way. It's being deployed in a very dangerous way. 50% of AI researchers believe there's a 10% or greater chance that humans go extinct from our inability to control AI. Okay, this is Fusebox number two hundred thirty six. Glamgate. Uh, Gollum. Gollumgate. Gollum? Well, I think there's a letter or nine missing, man, because this looks... Yeah, yeah, it's a tech acronym, Mr. Keynes, always pronounced in some familiar, only if known way. Uh, well, uh, shouldn't there be a seven in there, then? <laughs> okay, well, <clears throat> this is Fuse Box number 236, Gollumgate, and you might have... Feet of Clay, spelled P-L-T-H-11. <laughs> Ain't it grand? <laughs> More foik tales, uh, Mr. Keynes. Welcome in, friends, to this, the 236th edition of Fusebox, confusingly entitled Gollum Gate. And uh, we'll get into all that uh, in a moment, I promise. I'm your generative, large-language, multimodal model in search of the perfect prompt host, Mark Rose. And uh, over there, awash in a sonic plume of his own design, is the patriarch of the preamp, Milt Keynes, everybody. (laughs) Well, thank you kindly. Uh, so... Gollum, then, huh? (laughs) Yep. Name based on that uh, reanimated statue from uh, Jewish folklore. Wow. Well, didn't that thing kind of, like, take revenge out on whomever it was sent to? uh... Well, it it actually was a a lot of different things to a lot of different folks throughout time. It, It was also used to do mundane chores, which, ironically is where this whole AI acronym thing uh, starts. But uh, as I say, we will do a very deep dive, actually the whole show, uh, into uh, all of that coming up. Yeah, you know, still feeling like Halloween around here, bro. Well, well, if that's the case, let me just uh, take a uh, a brief departure here then and uh, let you all know that I had a marvelous time as a uh, guest on a program that endeavors to uh, teach you the German language through music. Huh? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, the gal who uses the alias of Paisley is the host of this program, and she has a, a remarkably clever way of uh, teaching German. She finds a music video, uh, something fitting an occasion or perhaps... Uh, maybe it aligns with the guest that she has on the show, and then uh, proceeds to go through the lyrics of the song in both German and English. 
and then has the guest, or uh, guests, as it was in my case, read the English versions, breaking down uh, all the nouns and the adjectives and so on. It's very effective. Wow. And your head didn't explode? Uh, no. It actually was quite fun. Of course, you know, I didn't have to speak any German. I, I would have surely mangled it horribly, but... Uh, if you have a desire to learn it, this is a really fun way to do it. And uh, we'll link to uh, Paisley's uh, Spotify-based show uh, in the show description. It's called Learning German Through Music. Very concrete. Yeah, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if I would want to learn German, you know. I mean, I, I might break something or get like an upper palate infection or some shit. Well, it's com- it, it, yeah, it, it's a complicated language for sure. I mean... Just hearing her say the words that I'm reading along with was a wondrous thing. So uh, check it out if uh, so inclined, as I say. And uh, there is a link in the uh, show description. When we return, a very, very deep dive into what documentary filmmakers Tristan Harris and uh, Asia Raskin call the AI Dilemma. And... uh, It's an earful, folks. So, stay with us, aren't we? He may produce results he didn't ask for. Friends, I just wanted to once again take a moment to tell you about a genuine labor of love from Fusebox contributor and just all-around decent chap, 42nd Street Pete. Grindhouse Resurrection Magazine. Well, in the first issue of GR, Pete does a fabulous job of retelling that first time he discovered what is commonly referred to as Euro horror. Way back in 1965, when films like these played in real theaters and not on flickering TV sets at midnight or Saturday afternoons. Yeah, titles like The Awful Dr. Orloff, Lady Frankenstein, or even Terror Creatures from the Grave, where a youngster could spend an entire day in these theaters having the time of their lives. And as Pete writes, despite what you might think, be in an even safer place to experience them than today. Pick up a copy of Grindhouse Resurrection magazine today. There's a link in the show description to do just that. The show for everybody. But not everybody will like it. TheFuseBoxShow.com Tragic Journals Day 54 It was really quite a lovely day until the chewing began again. Ow. Oh, man, that poor guy, he needs to get the hell out of there, you know? So, uh, at the top of the show, in the uh, pre-roll there, we heard a segment taken from uh, a talk given by filmmakers Tristan Harris and Asia Raskin 
Uh, these were the chaps that did the social media dilemma for Netflix. And that one, uh, that, I guess that won them a couple Emmys and was seen by over 100 million viewers across 190 countries. And, and seriously, if you've not seen it, it's highly recommended to check that out. Well, they focus on the next technical juggernaut coming over the hill for this talk that they gave for the uh, Center for Humane Technology back in March of uh, 2023. And the YouTube link to this entire presentation is uh, in the show description for your convenience. Give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. But teach an AI to fish and it'll teach itself biology, chemistry, oceanography, evolutionary theory, and then fish all the fish to extinction. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, we're chuckling, but it is indeed true. We're at an, quote, interesting point in history, friends. We have a uh, technology that is uh, clearly advancing faster than the creators of this thing can keep up with. How the hell did we get here? Well, Mr. Keynes, that is a uh, very good question and and is uh, precisely what uh, Harris and Raskin will uh, demonstrate in their talk here. But uh, just to give you uh, a little taste of that. When you open up TikTok and you scroll your finger, you just activated the supercomputer, the AI pointed at your brain to calculate and predict with increasing accuracy the perfect thing that will keep you scrolling. We now have every single day an AI, which is a very simple technology, just calculating what photo, what video, what cat video, what birthday to show your nervous system to keep you scrolling. But that fairly simple technology was enough in the first contact with AI to break humanity with information overload, addiction, doom scrolling, sexualization of kids, shortened attention spans, polarization, fake news, and breakdown of democracy. And no one intended those things to happen, right? We just had a bunch of engineers who said, we're just trying to maximize for engagement. It seemed so innocuous. And while you're getting better and better recommendations on YouTube that are more and more personalized, the YouTube people didn't know that would lead to rabbit holes that sent people into different little micro cults throughout the internet. They surely did not. But the corruption of the tech is almost exponentially faster than the implementation. You know, people will find a way to rip your ass off. They just do. Yeah, as cynical as that may sound, it's true in this case, for sure. Um, All of the social media corruptions that have uh, occurred recently, they all stem from this uh, first contact, as Raskin calls it, and... And it didn't take very long, either. Yeah, it seems like it took maybe 11 seconds for the trolls and fishers to find a way into our wallets or uh, steal our identities. Or even the very social media platforms themselves. As, uh, as we all know by now, they were tinkering and continue to uh, tinker with all the algorithms that scrape data from the uh, unsuspecting users. And... It all seems to stem from this one single idea, that of engagement. And it's important to note that maximize engagement actually rewrote the rules of every aspect of our society because it took these other core aspects of our society into its tentacles and and took them hostage. So now children's identity is held hostage by if you're, you know, 18 years old and you don't have a Snapchat account or an Instagram account, you don't exist. 
right? It, it has held that hostage. You are socially excluded if you don't do that. Um, media and journalism don't happen or can't exist outside of being on Twitter and being able to promote yourself on Twitter. National security now happens through social media and information warfare, politics and elections. These things are now run through this engagement economy, which has infused itself and entangled itself, which is why it's now so hard to regulate. And part of why we wanted to call this moment here is we believe major step functions in AI are coming, and we want to get to it before it becomes entangled in our society. And that's no small effort either. This thing is moving so fast and propelled by a handful of huge corporations trying to hold on to a market share. Or dominance. <laughs> yeah, or dominance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a way, uh, they, the, the corporations, they're not entirely to blame uh, for this push. Um, sadly, we have to shoulder some of that because we're contributing to this rapid advancement as much as it as as anything. Well, you know, it's so like you said a, a few shows back. We're all being used as the R and D department for this stuff. Yeah, right. You know, as we use it, it learns more and more from what we ask it to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to that point, Mr. Keynes, here is a clip from that same talk describing that accelerated learning process in a very cogent way. Uh, here's Asia Raskin. Well, it used to be, you know, when I went to college, that there were many different disciplines within machine learning. Um, there's computer vision, and then there's speech recognition, and speech synthesis, and image generation. And many of these were disciplines so different that if you were in one, you couldn't really read papers from the other. There were different textbooks, there were different uh, buildings that you'd go into. And that changed in 2017 when all of these fields started to become one. And just to add, um, it used to be that because they were distinct fields and they had different methods for robotics and for, say, you know, um, uh, image recognition, uh, that, that when you have a bunch of AI researchers who are working in those fields, they're making incremental improvements on different things, right? So they're working on different topics, and so they might get 2%, 3% improvements in their area. But when it's all getting synthesized now into these new large language models, what we're about to talk about, part of seeing the exponential curve is that now everyone's contributing to one curve. So the, the sort of insight was, and if you want to go look it up, the, the specific thing is called a Transformers, was the model that got invented. It's actually very simple. You can write in around 200 lines of code. Um, is that you can start to treat absolutely everything as language. So, you know, you would take like the, the text of the internet, the way these things are trained, is that you would um, sort of take a sentence, remove some words, try to predict those words, or predict the, the words that come next. Um, but it turns out you don't just have to do that with, um, with, with text, this works for almost anything. So you can take, for instance, images. Images you can just treat as a kind of language. It's just a set of image patches that you can arrange in a linear fashion, and then you just predict the part of the image that's missing or predict what comes next. So images can be treated as language sound. You break it up into little microphonemes, um, predict which one of those comes next. That becomes a language. Uh, fMRI data becomes a kind of language. DNA is just another kind of language. And so suddenly, any advance in any one part of the AI world became an advance in every part of the AI world. You could just copy paste. And you can see how you get an influx, not just of people coming in, but that advances now 
are immediately multiplicative across the entire set of fields. And even more so, because these are all just languages, just like AI can now translate between human languages, you can translate between many of these different modalities, which is why the field is so new, it doesn't actually even have a unified name for these things. Um, but we're going to give them one, which is that these things are generative. They make large language. We're just talking about language. Multimodal images, text, sound, they're all the same. Models. Or for short, these are golems. Holy carp. Golems? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, where the uh, term is from and hence our show title. So you can see how it's really quickly uh, become a form of holistic technology when one, quote, language form is uh, used to advance um, a form of AI, the entire body of the technology benefits from that advancement and is quickly implemented, faster than anyone would know. That's creepy as hell, bro. Yeah, yeah. Now, again, (laughs) to be fair, we have to also say that when these advances occur... Uh, Sometimes they're in areas of science and medical research. Now, that's helping to combat illness and the like. Or or like uh, Asia here, he's he's working on an AI tool that facilitates communication between people and animals. Oh, well, we can do that already. Have you met Eco and Milo? Chatbot. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, they certainly are an exception to... uh, well, everything. Well, here's a bit more on uh, how this thing learns. So AI developing theory of mind. Theory of mind is the ability to like model what somebody else is thinking. It's what enables strategic thinking. In 2018, uh, GPT had no theory of mind. In 2019, barely any theory of mind. Uh, in 2020, it starts to develop the, like the strategy level of a four-year-old. By 2022, January, it's developed the strategy level of a seven-year-old. And by November of last year, it's developed almost the strategy level of a nine-year-old. Now, here's the really creepy thing. We only discovered that AI had grown this capability last month. It had been out for, what, two years? Two years, yeah. So imagine you have this little alien that's suddenly talking to people, including Kevin Roos. (laughs) And it's starting to make these strategic comments to Kevin Roos about you know, don't break, uh, break up with your wife and maybe I'll blackmail you. And like, um, it's not that it's agentically doing all this stuff. It's just that these models have capabilities in the way that they communicate and what they're imagining that you might be thinking. And the ability to imagine what you might be thinking and how to interact with you strategically based on that is going up on that curve. And so it went from, again, a seven-year-old to a nine-year-old, but in um, between January and November, 11 months, right? So it went two years in theory of mind in 11 months. It might tap out. There could be an AI winter, but right now, you're pumping more stuff through, and it's getting more and more capacity. So it's scaling very, very differently than other AI systems. It's also important to note the, the very best system that AI researchers have discovered for how do you make AIs behave is something called RLHF, Reinforcement Learning with Human Feedback. But essentially, it's just advanced uh, clicker training, like for a dog, and like bopping the AI in the nose when it gets something wrong. So imagine trying to take a nine-year-old and clicker train them or bop them in the nose, what are they going to do? As soon as you leave the room, they're going to not do what you ask them to do. And that's the same thing here, right? We know how to, sort of, we know how to like help AIs align in like short-term things, but we have no idea. There's no research on how to make them align uh, in, in a longer-term sense. Yes, and but also, in terms of this learning model, there was another little side effect that was uh, uh, perplexing, 
to researchers, to say the least. This was only discovered, uh, I believe, last week now, um, that golems are silently teaching themselves, have silently taught themselves research-grade chemistry. So if you go and play with ChatGPT right now, it turns out it is better at doing research chemistry than many of the AIs that were specifically trained for doing research chemistry. So if you want to know how to go to Home Depot and from that create nerve gas, turns out we just shipped that ability to over 100 million people. And we didn't know. It was also something that was just in the model that people found out later after it was shipped that it had research-grade chemistry knowledge. And as we've talked to a number of AI researchers, what they tell us is that there is no way to know. We do not have the technology to know what else is in these models. So they don't know either. That's comforting. Isn't it, though? So they really, at this point, have no idea where this thing could branch out to. Uh, tools that were made to do a certain function using the same technology are now outdated by the same technology as it grows its potentials. Well, and, and, sadly, <laughs> here's another troubling effect of this recent AI expansion. Another one that uh, no one could foresee, really. But just to name it explicitly, this is the year that all content-based verification breaks. Just does not work and none of our institutions are yet able to, like, they haven't thought about it. They're not able to stand up to it. So we, we tried this example, state ID. Generate me lots of state IDs. Yeah, think of that. In that segment of the talk, Raskin had um, a slide that showed dozens of state IDs generated instantaneously from a single prompt. Show state IDs. We're pooched, bro. Well... We will talk about some of the good ideas to curtail this growth, but uh, before we do, one more observation here from uh, Tristan Harris on the idea that the 2024 election may be the last one of its kind. We're talking about how a race dynamic between a handful of companies of these new Gollum-class AIs are being pushed into the world uh, as, as fast as possible. Right? We have Microsoft that is pushing ChatGPT into its products. And again, until we know how these things are safe, we haven't even solved the misalignment problem with social media. So in this first contact with social media, which we, we know those harms, going back, if only a relatively simple technology of social media with a relatively small misalignment with society could cause those things, second contact with AI, that's not even optimizing for anything particularly, just the capacities and the capabilities that are being embedded in entrenched in society, enable automated exploitation of code and cyber weapons, exponential blackmail and revenge porn, automated fake religions that I can target the extremists in your population and give you automated perfectly personalized narratives to make the extreme even more Antifa, even more QAnon, you know, whatever thing that you, you know, happens to, to land in you. Uh, exponential scams, reality collapse, these are the kinds of things that come from if you just deploy these capacities and these capabilities directly into society. So there, a, a deep fake of your favorite candidate could be made to do whatever the author wants. It, 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 it honestly will create a form of chaos that we have yet to see. The, the uh, January 6th ins insurrection is going to look like a quiet day in the country compared to the potentially lethal deceptions available here. But here are some logical 
and sensible recommendations in the face of all this. Because we have not fully integrated or deployed this stuff into everything just yet, even though it is moving incredibly fast. We can still choose which future that we want once we reckon with the facts of where these unregulated emergent capacities go. But part of why we did this is that we noticed that the media has not been covering this in a way that lets you see kind of the picture of the arms race. Um, it's actually been one of our focuses is getting and helping media um, who help the world understand these issues not see them as chatbots or see it as just AI art, but seeing it as there's a systemic challenge where we're, uh, corporations are currently caught not because they want to be, because they're caught in this, this arms race to deploy it and to get market dominance as fast as possible. And none of them can stop it on their own. It has to be some kind of negotiated agreement where we all collectively say, which future do we want? Just like nuclear de-escalation. Um, and what we have heard when we asked all the top AI safety people that we know, and we've been on just like dozens and dozens and dozens of phone calls, is to selectively slow down the public deployment of these large language model AIs. This is not about stopping the research, this is not about not building AI. It's about slowing down the public deployment. And just like we do with drugs or with airplanes, where you do not just build an airplane and then just not test it before you onboard people onto it, or you build drugs that have interaction effects with society that the people who made the drug couldn't have predicted, we can presume that systems that have capacities that the engineers don't even know what those capacities will be we can presume that they're not necessarily safe until proven otherwise. We don't just shove them into products like Snapchat. And we can put the onus on the makers of, the, of, of AI rather than on the citizens to prove why they think that it's dangerous. Right? So a responsibility to look ahead here is crucial. Not, so you're not a lot of that currently being done. The, the, the risk assessment folks are outnumbered like, you know, 30 to 1 at present. Much, much, much more interest in carving out a piece of the pie for, as uh, we were just saying, uh, you know, a dominant position than uh, taking into account the consequences. Here's a couple more good suggestions from Asia Raskin. Two solutions that have been like proposed to us are one like KYC, know your customer. So before you get access to a new model, you as a company have to know who you're giving it to. And two, sort of liability or in parental loci. That is to say that if you're going to release an alien, uh, just like a child, if it goes and breaks something in the supermarket, you have to uh, pay for it. That if you're a Facebook or whoever is making the models, if it gets leaked and it's used, then you should be responsible for it. And this is so important to start thinking about now because even bigger AI developments are coming. They're going to be coming faster than we think possible. They're going to be coming faster than even those of us who understand exponentials understand so that we do not make the same mistake we made with social media. So, words of caution and uh, remedy there from uh, Tristan Harris and Asia Raskin. Again, please check out this uh, full presentation. It's about an hour and change in length and uh, really well worth your time. Yeah, you can put that on while you make your noose for the ceiling fan. <laughs> well... I actually see their warning here as being kind of an asset and not a liability. I mean, it's always better to know what might be coming than being completely unexpectedly broadsided by it. And uh, on that uh, cautionary note, uh, we will call it a show, friends, but not before thanking our contributors to this edition of Fusebox, Dre O'Brien for captivating 
ID pronunciations. Thanks as well to Tristan Harris and Asia Raskin for the uh, use of the AI Dilemma excerpts. And again, please check out the full presentation at the uh, link in the show description. Thanks as always to Grindhouse Resurrection Magazine for the continued goodwill. And uh, by the way, new issue coming out from them later this month, I hear. So uh, we'll let you know uh, the second we know. But go ahead and check them out now at 42ndStreetPete.net for ordering info and such as that. Thanks as well to the overmodulated man of mystery, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance and so on and so forth. A pleasure as always. And uh, folks, you know, you can help us out in a huge way. Bigger than you probably know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why don't you wander over to our Patreon page and sign up to become a member? Sure helps us out in hell. It's cheap. Oh, it's safe to speculate that you'll spend more on cocktail umbrellas in one month than it would take to support this show for a whole year. Roger that. And if you sign up, you get immediate free stuff. Early access to shows and uh, other stuff that's banned in Utah and maybe Florida. We would so so very much appreciate that really as uh, we appreciate you for joining us on this audio titanic so uh, very glad to have you aboard i have been your awaiting further instructions from the great ai in the sky host mark rose saying until our next cartoon Fuse.